Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton, Katie Kirkley and Joe Thomas. And we are here to discuss Watford's 2-1 away victory at Hull City, which was actually Watford's first away win at Hull since 2013 when Troy Deeney got that goal and when we was fighting for promotion. Um, Joe was there that day. He's spoken about that fondly in the group, WhatsApp group lately, but... um, we're going to be discussing the victory yesterday. Um, it was Watford picking up another three points. It's six points in five days for Watford. Um, so it's great momentum as well. And I don't think many people was maybe expecting us to collect all three points away at Hull. They was on, on top form. They got into the playoffs position. They were sixth. They just beat Rotherham midweek as well in a, a big victory as well. And I think they won four out of the last six games. So it was going to be a tough game at Hull. But the boys rolled up their sleeves and delivered yesterday. And we're going to talk about that now. Uh, firstly, I'll come to Katie first. Katie, you went to um, Hull yesterday, freezing cold, I can imagine. Um, how are you and how was your trip? Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, the trip was a disaster, but the win made it worth it. And overall, like, once we were there, it was fine. Just the trains being trains with all the strikes. But no, apart from that, it was really good. And I, I had a very enjoyable day. Brilliant. Well, thank you for bringing us with you as well. If you haven't seen it already, um, Katie did a matchday vlog. It's the Voices of Vic first uh, matchday vlog of the season. So we're looking to do more of these. Um, so Katie put together a quick like three-minute video of her day took you from um from Leicester all the way up to Hull and, and then back again so yeah really good if you haven't um, seen it already have a look on our YouTube channel and, and give it a watch it's well worth it and Joe how are you doing mate you um you didn't really get to watch much of a game yesterday but you've seen all the highlights and that and heard us all chatting about it as well um you must be buzzing after yesterday's result as well yeah so it's a great win isn't it and um, like you say first win there for 10 years um, I don't think anyone expected us to to pick up three points yesterday, but obviously what a week. Um, just what we needed after that Leicester, mm. Leicester game last week. So, yeah, fantastic return and, uh, yeah, looking to kick on now. Yeah, what, what I've really liked about these two performances as well, Katie, is 
it's the manner of the victories for Watford as well. There's two big moments, really, in both games. Watford being 2-0 down to come from behind to win 3-2 and then being 1-1 at Hull, saving a penalty and going on to win the game. Just showing how great the character and team spirit is at the moment in the club. Yeah, it's it's really noticeable, especially in the last two games, how the players just don't give up, you know. And even in the second half, you feel it coming. Like, it wasn't like we were hanging on or like we were, you know, Hull were going to grab it at the end. I was thinking, like, we could actually get this. We could snatch this. And it's just really good to see all the players, they, they never, ever give up. They're always pushing for that last one. You know, it's easy to sit back and defend for, for a draw because, you know, draw at Hull is great, but, they, you know, they keep going and get the win and you know the same with Norwich yeah no definitely and I saw Norwich they picked up a last minute goal today as well to win to keep um, Wagner in in his job a little bit longer Um, but we'll talk about we'll jump into the the, the game now at Hull City and we'll we'll start where we normally do and it's the team team news Um, so the Hornets are actually unchanged from a 3-2 victory at home to Norwich City and it, it was a well, I say, Joe, it was surprising that he went unchanged because I don't think he's done it already this season. But also surprising as well because of the goalkeeper as well. He obviously stuck with Ben Hamer. Um, Daniel Batman did his suspension um, and he was due to return. But no, Val, Val stuck with Ben Hamer. That, that's big, big call from Val. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, obviously, we, we all do our... Um... We all do our team prediction, don't we, uh, before? And we all obviously went with Batman being obvious because he's captain. But uh, it was very showed, – showed a lot of balls yesterday, um, Ishmael, yeah. to, to do that. And I'm glad he did, to be honest, because for, a, for for Batman to come in and act the way he did last week, if he'd have walked back into the side, it would have been a little bit unjust, I think, for, for Ben Hamer because I thought he, he did very well against um, against Rotherham. Um it was a shame, obviously, you expected with Batman being fit to come back in. He did. But Hamer, again, did well on Tuesday. So, yeah, quite quite right for me to keep his place. And obviously, you know, he made some good saves again yesterday. So, uh, it, it's going to be hard now for me, I think, for Batman to get back in this side. If It's going to take a, a, a bit of a calamitous performance from Hamer for Batman to walk back into this team, I think. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, no, I just think, especially with Ben Hamer as well, given the opportunity to go out there and show what he can do again, by him putting in a really good performance, strong performance in goal and saving a penalty, Daniel Batman's got to work extremely hard to get back into this team now. What do you reckon, Katie? No, I completely agree with Joe. I think he has a lot to prove, um, Hamer, and I feel like he does do that a lot on the pitch, but... You see him in the games, he's just a lot more composed than Backman. Like, Backman, I don't know, sometimes in games he just seems a bit, like, not focused. You know, he comes out of his goal a lot, he's sort of not always just focused. And I think he Heyman doesn't do that. And it's, it's really interesting to see what he does for different things. Like, there were so many moments where I thought Backman would have not saved that. Backman wouldn't have done that. Um, and, you know, even when he saved... The penalty he was the everyone was trying to like um like hug him or whatever but he's going no no look there's a corner like focus we can celebrate when the game's over and even in one of his like post-match interviews he was saying like oh who was trying to tell me about wow what a goal and i was going don't get comfortable now like there's still 10 minutes left of the game or it was something like that and i just think that shows distinct change in their attitudes and i just feel like he, it just works. It looks better. The team looked more confident, especially in defence when he's there. And I do think if Batman had walked into that team yesterday, it wouldn't have sent a good message towards Hamer because I don't think he would have um, deserved to be dropped. Yeah, no, I feel like he just gives a calming presence as well. And it probably helps out with our back line, doesn't it, Joe? Especially when you've maybe got Daniel Batman behind, who's very hot-headed and rash in his decision-making at times. But Ben Hamer just seems quite calm and collective, doesn't he? And I think you need that figure behind you when you're a central defender. Yeah, he does. I completely agree. I think there's, there just seems to be, to be a bit more of a togetherness with him in that starting eleven as well. I mean, 
I don't know what it is with 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 Dan Batman, but like Katie said, with, with Hamer, he just seems that he's a lot more composed. You can see that. You can see the team. I don't know. They're just they're, there is just something there that just feels a bit more right with him there. And like I say I'm I'm glad he he, he played yesterday and it, quite right as well. Good good penalty save and yeah. No, definitely. And thank you, everyone, for watching tonight. We've got a few comments in already. Alan Lathwell, um is back again for this evening. So, hi, Alan. Hope you're well. Um, he says, evening all. Delighted with the result yesterday. The team is benefiting from the stability at the club right now. Um, Val is finally getting his ideas across and getting closer to knowing his best team. And that's it, Katie, isn't it? Like, unchanged team. I think this is it. I think he's finally cracked it, as in he knows what his best starting eleven is. Yeah, I would say this This is the team here. This is the team that should play every week. And even with um, the subs that he makes, it's not subs for the sake of subs. Each sub actually has a role to play. And when they come on, they are bringing something and adding something to the team. And yes, some games, there are different situations that you have to assess. Like, you know, if you are 3-0 down or if you're winning, there are ways that you will tactically look at it. But I think with Inks coming on and... Um, even when Pollock came on, he did he did what he needed to do, and I feel like it just shows how every player, regardless if they're in the starting eleven or they're on the bench, have a role to play when they come on, and they know what their role is. Mm. No, definitely. Um, Jeff says Hamer has to stay in goal as well. Um, Alan also says it's not that Batman lacks focus. The problem with this is too emotional. Hamer is much more calm of character and radiates um, that radiates throughout the team. Um, so yeah, um, I can't agree with any of that. And Katie, you're spot on there. I think the substitutes they know their role at the moment as well. They they know they they've come on and they've got a job to do and they do it very well. And we'll talk about the substitutions later on because I thought that first double substitution was massive for Watford and it was a bit like oh I'm not too sure he's going for those subs but it works a treat um so yeah we'll talk about that in a little bit but let's dive straight into it and it didn't take Watford too long to actually get the lead at Hull and it was um Mike Mike predicted it didn't he in the WhatsApp group he said Ado Kiembe was going to score um so Mike's currently in New York um with his missus so hope you're having a great time Mike but he put in the WhatsApp group that KMB was going to score and he got it absolutely spot on and he was delighted as soon as he screwed, scored it was like I told you I told you um, and it was for young man KMB who, who picked up for the goal and it was fantastic work down that left hand side Joe wasn't it with um, the link up between Semra and Lewis and we've, we saw this last week um, last week Tuesday against Norwich they're linking up really well, Semmer and Lewis now and I think it's only going to get better um, and, and Lewis pulled back the, the ball to the penalty spot, and there Kiembi was sorted his feet out a little bit, and then just put it through the goal, goalkeeper, and it was in the back of the net. But are you excited with what you're seeing down that left hand side? Because if I'm honest, I think that's probably Watford's strongest side at the moment. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, there's, they seem to be growing as the uh, as each game is going on. I think um, I was a little bit skeptical at first, but uh, as um, as they're playing more and more together, you can see they're they're certainly getting a um, a great partnership down that left hand side. And um, yeah, that goal was fantastic. I think it was was it Kone that won the ball back in midfield as well. I think uh, to yeah. to start it all off, he he won the ball back with a great challenge. Um, I was actually quite shocked that the referee didn't blow up, to be honest, because it was a little bit kind of one of those in the last couple of games, Katie, you know, the referees we've, we, we've had, they've been a bit dodgy, haven't they? So um, I was quite surprised this one didn't blow up on that one, but yeah, to, to put the ball out wide and, and then for the ball to come across, he did look a little bit like he was going to get the ball stuck under his feet, but, um, but yeah, tremendous finish. Um, it made it a little bit hard for the keeper, didn't it? It kind of went under a couple, couple of players. So the keeper kind of didn't really know what was going on, but still fantastic finish. And, yeah, delighted for Cohen Bay because, you know, I've, I've, as I've said on some previous podcasts, I've not been his biggest supporter uh, over the uh, over the last maybe 12 months. But, yeah, he's, he's certainly playing his role in this midfield at the moment and he deserved that yesterday. Definitely. And I think it's going to get to when January comes and Watford fans, they're starting to take a real liking to Cambi now. And, and Katie, we're not going to want him to leave for the African Cup of Nations, are we? No, honestly, he's so key in this midfield. And I feel like if you had said last season that he was going to be one of our 
best midfielders, I would have thought that you were absolutely taking the piss. And I just think, like, <laughs> he has seriously stepped up. In every podcast, I just feel like we're always echoing his name, saying how good he's been. And the last few games, we just really see it. His composure in front of goal as well. You would never even think that he would be that composed in front of goal. I mean, his 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 goal was good. Like, it was a good finish, you know. He did a couple turns and then he was able to get a good angle on it. And it's, it's a great finish. Um, so, yeah, I was really happy for him because he definitely deserved it. I'm really starting to like him as well. It's his second goal in four games for Watford. He scored against Rotherham United in that 5-0 victory. And then he scored yesterday away at Hull. But, yeah, I just love what he brings to his team. I think Val's obviously found a spot for him in the team. And it's it's a bit further forward, isn't it? And we saw, we saw when we signed him, that's where he was playing for that Belgium side, wasn't it? It was further forward, more advanced. And, and you get the best out of him. We've seen it so far this season. He's getting the rewards. And that midfield free... Joe, they just seem to complement each other so well. Yeah, they're doing really well at the moment. I mean, even yesterday, there was a couple of chances, I think, in the first half uh, where Kone was getting forward as well. He had the chance just before the goal, didn't he, where Rajovic laid it off for him and he put it over. There was one that he tried to curl into the top corner uh, that the keeper just kind of parried away as well. And even on Tuesday night, I mean, Kone obviously got his goal, hit the crossbar, so, you know, they're, they're, they're certainly putting in a shift at the moment, that midfield three. And, you know, it, it all comes from Livermore in his holding position, allowing those two to get further forward. Um, they've kind of got a licence to do what they want in that midfield, knowing that he's going to be there. And, yeah, as a, as a midfield three, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't touch it at all unless absolutely necessary at the moment. No, I wouldn't touch it either. And and hi to John Parsler as well tonight watching. Um, happy, happy Sunday night, everyone. Four points from the next three games would be a um, solid next step. I'm, I'm loving the togetherness in this squad. It has 2012-13 vibes for him. Um, and, yeah, I think we're all enjoying this togetherness and spirit now. And I feel like we're on the journey and we're all enjoying that ride. Um, so hopefully... It, it continues to get better for Watford. Um, but Watford, after that lead, after eight minutes, we didn't hang on to it for too long, Katie, did we? It was um, within one, two minutes and Sc- Scott Twine found a back of a net for the, the whole city. Um, it, who was it? It was Delap just ran through the, the midfield and I was really impressed with Delap yesterday. He's a young, inexperienced player. He was on loan at Stoke last year. Didn't really do too much for Stoke. Um, didn't really have a, a, a great spell, but he, he's gone to Hull and he, he, he looks really good for them. Really strong, quick, um, powerful and he just ran through that Watford midfield and then it was Wesley Hoot who came out of nowhere with a great recovery challenge and I thought that's absolutely fantastic and then it just felt in the feet for Scott Twine I don't think it could have felt better for him and he just put it in that bottom corner but it, it, it was it was disappointing to concede so early on because I imagine that away end was bouncing after Watford went 1-0 up Yeah it was and to be fair we were all still kind of celebrating as that happened like we were still happy and bouncing around when that happened um i think like you said it was disappointing that it was so easy for him to get through that midfield he literally like beat every single player um and then like you said hoop makes a great challenge and then just unlucky that he happened to be there um and he's never gonna he's never gonna miss from there and i kept i did say afterwards i was like oh i think hamer could have done a bit better he dives quite late but after looking back, I actually think that it's quite a good finish and I'm not really sure what more you could do. But it was it was disappointing because I thought it wasn't like we switched off. I just think we made it very easy for them to get that goal. And it, it wasn't it wasn't deserved because I thought we'd been up quite on top for the first 10 minutes and obviously with the goal. Um, but like we said, we never make it easy for ourselves. No, Watford never make it easy for themselves. And and Joey, it was like Katie says, just disappointing to concede, wasn't it? So quickly after the game, and it was a great finish, but um, yeah, just disappointing. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I mean, make no mistake, it was a good run. It was a bit. Uh, you know what we're like with challenges like that. We just don't ever put a foot in, do we? We let people run around us like that sometimes. And yeah, I mean, he did very well. Hoot came across brilliantly. Um, and it was one of those that just sat up. We weren't quick enough to hoot challenge. And uh, Twine had a great finish in the um, 
um, in, into the bottom corner. But yeah, I, I don't think Hamer could have done anything more with um, with that. Um, and yeah, just just disappointing that it was so quick. Doesn't really happen yeah. very often with us these days, does it? Though those sort of quick fire uh, equalizers. I don't recall too many of late, but yeah. Yeah, I can't recall any either. Well, not this season anyway. Um, but Katie, it was, I don't know how you felt being in the stadium, but I thought that first half in particular, it was just end to end, wasn't it? So high energy. It was just like, you have the ball, we have the ball, and it was just full on attack. And it, it was so great to see. And for one bit that I absolutely enjoyed was Ken Semmer just running through three or four players, bursting the gut, just dragging the, the the players up the pitch and and then off the back of that Kone had a shot on the edge of a box where he tried to curl it in the top corner and I thought that was in for one second but it, it was end to end wasn't it yeah I thought that went in as well I like I said in the vlog it was actually a really good game and I feel like people were saying that oh the stats make it look like Hull were all over us and it does because like it like it says they had 23 shots we only had 10 but like it didn't feel like that watching it. Like I didn't feel like we were trailing always. I actually thought that we were on top for most of it. I just feel like, especially, I mean, the first half after they scored, they did have a lot of momentum. But like we defended well, like we stood strong. Um, in the second half, I definitely think that we were better. But it was end to end. Like it was a lot of attacking. None of this slowing the game down in midfield. We had a lot of um, little like shots uh in the end of the first half but no it was if you went as a neutral yeah it was end to end like it was a good game it was entertaining and uh, and just quickly before i go back to joe silly yellow card for ryan andrews in that first half wasn't it the player was back to goal he, he was facing his own goal um ryan andrews just came running in to the back of him and it, it was needless he didn't need to do it uh, to be fair, I don't really remember that, but I do remember. <laughs> I do remember him actually like going for the, and everyone was going. He he got the ball. He got the ball. Like as, to be funny, but I no, I, I do remember now, and everyone was saying like, yeah, he d he just didn't need to do it. Like it wasn't really necessary. No, definitely, because he he did really well against Philogene yesterday. He, he had him. He, he was marking him really well, and then I thought once he got booked, he couldn't get as close to him, and he couldn't make challenges, and and then it played into his hands, and then Val obviously took him off in the second half because of that yellow card. But yeah, it's just I think that's what obviously he needs to learn from Joe, isn't it? It's it's inexperience from Ryan Andrews, and that's going to come with experience of playing week in week out, and he will learn about these silly challenges. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he, he will. I mean, there's been a few times this season where he, where he's done things like that, and like you say, it will come with experience. He's he's growing in in this side as well. And again, you know, as I said in in our group chat, I think the team at the moment with that goalkeeper, the back four, and the midfield three, I, you know, I think those um, I think those uh, eight players are pretty much untouchable at the moment. Um, and Ryan Andrews, yeah, when when um, Ngakia is fit again, obviously we don't know when that'll be, a couple of months, it's going to be very hard for him to come back into this side because I, I really like Andrews and I think he's growing with confidence as each each week's um, going on. And obviously the games are stacking up at the moment, so there's a lot of game for him to get involved in. And I think he's going to play a big part for us for between now and the end of the season. No, definitely. I'm liking that he's getting his game times and this opportunity, isn't it? So, um, what went in half time, um, 1 1 with Hull, which I think we all would have taken before the, the start of the game. Um, maybe we could have got a second goal in that first half, but it weren't meant to be, and it was 1 1 at half time. So, yes, really strong performance. I was really impressed. Off. I thought maybe Watford edged it in that first half. I think we had the better of the chances, uh, and we kept Hull pretty at, at bay at times. I think just shots from distance, wasn't it? Philogene had a shot that went over or Hamer saved as well, but it's all from outside the box. They weren't getting behind that, our back four, so I thought we dealt with them really well. And and that's what's showing in the XG this season as well. Like Watford don't concede many chances, or when they do, it's from outside the box. So it, 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 It's really good and it's making our defence look even better than what it actually is. Um, and then Katie, second half, what was the reaction yesterday when the referee pointed to a penalty spot? It was um, it was a challenge from um, Jake Livermore and Greaves. Uh, if, and if, I've watched it so many times and I feel hard done by just for how it was given. I, I felt like 
Greaves was looking for it. He saw that yeah. Livermore um, went in. He he he, he uh, threw his leg in towards him. And if anything, I think he saw that and he thought, "I'm going to go down here because it's in the penalty box." If that was outside the penalty box, he would have stayed on his feet. And I, I felt like he just bought bought the foul and, and bought the, the penalty. What was the reaction and your thoughts in in the better way? And because you, you that would have been directly in front of you. Yeah, it literally happened, like, because I was quite low down. It, I literally saw it happen, and obviously I saw the back of him. So I saw the ball, I saw the challenge, and then he went down. And I was like, well, it was already delayed from when he's put his foot in anyway. And I was just thinking, you would expect Livermore to make that challenge anyway, because there was a lot of challenges that we made in that penalty box throughout the game where we were able to take the ball out of their feet and that was all fine. Mm. But as soon as he goes down for it, I feel like from certain angles, it does look like he's clipped him. And when I've watched the highlights, yeah, he does clip him. I did in the moment feel quite like it was undeserved. Um, and even my boyfriend, who is not a Watford fan, said that we it was not a penalty. And if that had been a Leicester one, he would have been felt very angry if that was given um so yeah and the reaction the way end was very like is it really a penalty no but i can see why it was given but we did feel quite hard done by yeah no i would be as well especially traveling all that way and you feel like it's a softish penalty wasn't it i felt like yeah i just thought he bought it the referee saw him coming and he just yeah pointed to that spot. Joe, what was, what was your thoughts on that penalty yesterday? Yeah, it was a soft one for me, but you know, as we see in mo- most weeks in this league, there are penalties that should be penalties that don't get given, and there are soft ones that are really soft that shouldn't be given and they're given. So you go in with your foot in like that, and a player goes over, you're going to expect something, um, whether it be a yellow card for simulation or um, a, a penalty, and yeah, the, re, the, the referee bought it, didn't he, yesterday, and he gave a penalty. So I, I personally wouldn't have given it myself. Um, I felt Livermore was hard done by, but you know, we got the right result in the end from from the resulting penalty, didn't we? So yeah, when I was watching it on the stream, you could see Livermore was devastated with it as well, and he went up to Greaves as well and was like pointing and talking to him in the face, just saying, "You know what you did there." He even grabbed his hair as well and like tugged it, um, and it, it, yeah, it, it was really, yeah, you could see that he was distraught from it as well, especially after the performances Jake Livermore's put in lately. He felt like he really cost his team there yesterday, but yeah. Katie, it was his teammate that pulled got him out of out of um, trouble, and it was Ben Hamer, the the, the the deputy goalkeeper to Daniel Batman or the new Watford's number one. He is at the moment. Um, he came in fantastic save down his down to his right, really strong hand behind it as well. But what a fantastic save! Yeah, it was a really good save. And and again, when I was watching, I was thinking that was an awful penalty. There was no power on that. But then when I watched the highlights, I was like, oh, he actually like he actually did try. Like it's it's a great save. And I think the best thing about him was that when the penalty was given, he wasn't all up in the ref's face, like, no, it's never a penalty. He took himself away, he took himself to the goal, he composed himself. He didn't get like people have been saying in the comments, he didn't get emotional about it. He knew what his job was. And it paid off because he's done exactly what he needed to do. And I was literally thinking, I was like, that's never a penalty. He's going to save it because he's going to get us out of it because it wasn't supposed to be a penalty. Um, so genuinely, like, if you you can't drop this man. You can't. He's done so much in the space of, like, three games. He's literally done more than Backman's done in the whole season. I agree. I think every Watford fan agree with, with that statement there. Um, so, yeah, we all want to see him in goal when Watford face Southampton next Saturday. Um, Joe, what I really liked about this, and you probably d- did as well, is as well as the penalty save, it was the reaction afterwards. Um, obviously, all the, all the Watford fans, you could uh, players, you could see that it was delighted for it. They went over to him, but he was like, come on, boys, concentrate. It's a corner. And he was pointing straight away to saying, do your jobs. Yeah, he was. It was brilliant. You, you know, they all wanted to celebrate with him. It was a great moment, obviously, for him. Um, but yeah, like Katie said, they all, you know, they still have a job to do. There's still time left in the game. Whole, obviously, from those situations, you teams like to 
try and take quick corners sometimes. And obviously he was trying to be alert to that so that we didn't get caught out from the results in corner. Um, I've got to say my my best bit, and I have watched this probably about, I'm going to say nearly a dozen times, is Ryan Portis's reaction. Yeah. Say, <laughs> is, um, he literally got up in his face and he was proper going for it, wasn't he? Like he yeah, was, he there, there was a lot of passion on his face when um, when when that was saved. So yeah, that that was my best part of uh, of, of the penalty save. Yeah, ran up to Philogy, didn't he? Sprinted up to him, and pointed into his face, and he said something, didn't he? And whilst it was... he was laughing at the same point, and you you just know that's coming from Porto, don't you? That's the type of player that he <laughs> yeah. is. It was. It reminded me of. Um... The uh, Van Nisseroy, um miss when Keown and all that got in his face, he kind of proper got in his face and give it the other. Ah! <laughs> oh, it, it was class and it was much needed as well. And after that, Katie, um, it was a double substitution for Watford and um, Insk and Bio came off of Ryovic and Espria. What did you make of Ryovic's performance yesterday? Well, I thought he actually did well. I thought he pressed really well on the goalkeeper, which was why I was kind of like, this is quite a bear game because I was like, their goalkeeper was a mistake waiting to happen. He really played far out with the ball a lot, a lot of like the um, quick passing from the back. And Ryovic was a lot of times, I think there was a chance maybe just before he went off and he, he almost got it. Like he literally was like one step away from winning the ball off him. Um, so I thought he did well in that manner. Uh, he did well, like, hanging around the goal a lot. Um, and I, I, I don't think when, you know, when he doesn't, he has a game where he doesn't score and those games where he literally does nothing. I know he didn't score, but I actually don't think he had a rubbish game. Um, I think he did well. And he, there were chances where I thought, oh, he, if he had just been a little bit quicker, he could have got that uh, goal. So I think overall he played well. I agree. I think he. I think that was another strong performance from Ryovic yesterday. Mm-hmm. Actually, I I said about it on the podcast that we did um, during the week. I said he, he looks like he's slowly getting involved in the team's build-up play and bits and pieces. And, and and that was the same for yesterday. I thought he was linking up with play. He was holding the ball up a little bit. He was laying it off for teammates. And I, I thought, oh, I, I like this Ryovic. He's actually adding to his game. Okay, we. I don't think we added any deliveries into a box for him to get onto the end of, but he was there adding to the team's performance away from home. And I, re- I really did like that from Ryovic. And, and also for the subs coming on, uh, Katie, Ints and Bio, like when when you see, see those two t- uh, players coming on, you may be thinking, oh, I'm not too sure that's right. But I thought Val got it spot on. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I mean, Espilla had a really good game, I thought. He was so quick and like really attacking i thought he 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 really had a good game um but i think i was like happy to see Ince come on because i was like i feel like he might bring a bit more stability and a bit more calm and composure because obviously we were getting into like the last bit of the game so i was like i was happy with those subs and i think the same with bayo i was like it's obvious that the, the keeper could mess up with the playing out and you know what Bayer is like. You know, you've seen it when he had that Coventry thing at Coventry when he was able to, you know, it's it's just like fresh legs and it helped yeah. because I thought, you know, Bayer could come on and be able to really, you know, chase the goalkeeper around. Um so I was I was happy with those subs. I thought they were at the right time and the right people as well. Yeah, I, I, Ince really put in a shift yesterday, didn't he? I thought he, he helped double up on Philogene on that right-hand side with um, Andrews or um, Porteous. I know Porteous went over to right-back at one point as well. And I thought he did really well. And I thought his game management as well, down to that far corner with Bayer, where there was time-wasting and trying to keep the ball up in the, the corner of the hole was absolutely spot-on and much needed as well to give that defence that added relief of trying to keep the ball up the other end. But... Joe, it was, wasn't was too long after that double substitution. I think we saw the goal of the season for Watford and it was Wesley Hoot and fantastic interception for Wesley Hoots for starters. And then he just looks up, plays it over the goalkeeper's head and Katie's going absolutely berserking it away. In. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was just something else, wasn't it? I mean, it was, I mean, 
it kind of reminded me from um, from when Chris Eagles scored a goal from that sort of distance away at Brighton back in, I'm going to say, 2006, showing my age. And I remember a lot of people, obviously, we didn't have social media then, so it was more um, talking um, among friends and stuff after. And a lot of people said they were jealous they weren't there to witness such a special goal and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, I so got the... Um, I got the old FOMO yesterday when I saw the goal and saw the, uh, yeah, it was just superb, superb. He'd done really well to win the ball back, first of all, but just to have one look up and see the keeper kind of off his line slightly. I don't know what's better, the strike or the keeper turning around and having a go at the defence. I don't really know what he can, what the defence can do there. I mean, it was sloppy to give the ball away, yes, and so cheaply, but like, you can't you can't do anything about a strike like that. And Rossini, even he was, I think he referred to it on ITV as he said, "Hoops hit it from a hundred yards." Um, so so yeah, it was it was it was some strike and fully deserved for him. I mean, he's just been something else over the last few games for me. He's just been brilliant. Yeah, a proper captain's performance from Wesley Hoot yesterday as well. I thought it was superb from start to finish, but what a quality goal as well. But what, I, yeah, you're spot on there. What I loved about that goal so much was the keeper's reaction to when it went in. It was bollocking his defenders like it was the defender's fault. <laughs> he didn't even throw his arm up into the air to try and stop it from going in. He just like gave a little hop thinking that it was going to clear his crossbar, but little did he know that Hoot found that tiniest tiniest little spot under that crossbar and yeah Watford were 2-1 up but Katie what what was it like in that away and when that went in and when you saw Wesley Hoop was charging towards you so obviously when he kicked the ball I had my head in my hands I was like why has he done that he's just given the ball like he just kicked the ball for no reason I thought it was just a miss kick um and it was only when because obviously it hit the net and I thought, oh, it's just hit the like the other side, like the outside or the back. Um, and then he starts running over and then you see the, the uh, ref point. And I was like, he, has he just scored? Everyone goes crazy. And I'm actually in that picture where he's the one that we're using. But the guy in front of me was still on his chair. So you can only see like the side of my face. And I'm like uh... right in the in that corner. So I was like so annoyed because I was like such a good picture. I could literally be in it, but someone's blocking it. But no, it was honestly <laughs> such like I have never experienced limbs like that. And I the I haven't seen Watford win away since we beat Aston Villa one 0 like two years ago or whatever. So genuinely that and it was what a goal as well. Like it was great to go ahead and to win. But the goal, honestly, goal of the season, goal of the year, goal of the century, I don't know. Literally, this man is just, <laughs> he's just incredible. Everything he does, like it, the it performance was. plus the goal, like he's just amazing. He's just incredible. Yeah, I think we've all got a man crush on him as as it is. He's such a handsome <laughs> guy, ain't he? But to to deliver the goods on the football pitch as well, is, he, he, honestly, he's been so good lately. And I think solid let's just talk about him a little bit more now because joe he's up there for player of the season at the moment he has been so cool and calm at the bat he's been a rock he he's showing proper captain's performances now showing um daniel batman how to do it and to chip in with that's his second goal of the season now as well he's definitely up there for player of the season running isn't he yeah, 100%. I mean, if, if you stop the season now and say vote for who you want, I'd be voting Wesley Hoot all day long. Um, yeah. But it's not just... I mean, it's just there's, there's been so many occasions. I think there was like two or three yesterday where he put challenges in to stop the ball going in, like they're, they're, they're um, uh, shot-blocking challenges that he's putting in. They're not just trying to win the ball back. He, you know, apart from... Those, you know, his, his, his composure on the ball when he's looking to pass, he looks up, he, he doesn't just punt the ball because, you know, when we had Cathcart in the team, Cathcart at a lot of the time would get the ball and he'd just kick the ball and he'd be like, where, where are you putting that? But who actually looks, he looks to pass to someone in a positive way as opposed to going sideways. He's always trying to get forward from that left-hand side, isn't he? Um, yeah. And and he, he plays a big role in 
um, for me in that Lewis and Senna partnership as well, because, you know, he gives Lewis a little bit of a license to get a little bit further forward because I think he's so commanding in that position. He does drift over sometimes if, like, Lewis is a bit further forward. I actually kind of don't worry if, if someone's going to come forward a little bit um, at you because I know Hoot's going to be there and Hoot will do his best to try and um, stop attacks as well. So, yeah, for, for me at the moment, he... I think Livermore is a close close second. I think Livermore, yeah. make no mistake about the shifts he's putting in as well. Um, but yeah, based on what Hoot's doing at the moment, 100% I would be changing the captaincy over to, to Wesley Hoot. This is it. And people already, Katie, have been talking about wanting to give the armband, well, obviously strip the armband of Daniel Batman. And then there was loads of talks a couple of weeks ago saying give it to Jake Livermore. But we've seen his performances and I don't think Jake Livermore needs the captain armbands to make his performances any better. I think that's just what you get with Jake Livermore and he is a he's a captain with or without the armband. But Wesley Hoot, I think he he is he deserves that captain's armbands and he he um I think he would respect it with um Watford as well. Yeah I was I was gonna literally say what you said. I just think Livermore doesn't need the captain's armband to act like a captain. It, it is just what you get with him. And it's so good to have these leaders in the in and around the squad that don't need to be rewarded with praise or, you know, uh, like the armband. You know, in all of Val's interviews where he's spoken about him, he just says Jake Livermore does what Jake what he does. That's what he is. That's what he's like. And it's it's so good to know that he doesn't have to feel like he need he does he knows that it doesn't go unnoticed but he that's just what he does all the time and i feel like with hoot as well he's really stepped up because i definitely remember people like um like not hyping him up last year saying that he wasn't the best um inconsistent and again he's really stepped up it's like he's a different player now and again with the armband he's not but at the beginning of the season, he was not someone who I would have thought would be... I remember when they announced who was, like... Um, when they said Batman was going to be the captain, they released, like, the names of the people who were yeah, going to yeah, be, yeah. like... And he was on there. And I remember thinking, really? I would not have expected that. Um, but he's really, really stepped up to that. And you see it in the games as well. You see the thing that Batman couldn't do was that when you have, an uh, like, a infield player as a captain... They're always at the ref there, supporting their teammates where they can. And Backman just couldn't really do that because, you know, he's a goalie. Um, but who does that really well, I think. And he just, he's always looking out for other people in the team. He, he's not selfish. Like you said, he supports every single player. Even like, even Ryovic, like he's literally helps him in situations. And I feel like it's such a good trait for him to have. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's 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 a Rolls Royce defender at the back, isn't he? He's very stylish in his play, and I, I just think he he adds to our defence massively. And when we signed him last season, and um, it was between January and the end of the season, both him and Portis came through at the same time, and loads of people were saying that Portis was a better defender. But I always said from day one that Hoot was the stronger defender, and. But one that stuck out for me was Burnley away. When he was hustling with uh, Ashley Barnes, he really stood out oh, in that yeah, game. And I thought, oh, we've got a hell of a player here. The way he handled him, it, it was in Barnes's head as well. Like mentally, he, he messed with his bad guy's head. Yeah, I don't think he's fully recovered since, from, has he? <laughs> yeah. um, and I just think he, he's such a such a character to have behind the scenes as well and i know when we signed him as well people saying about how he was a bad egg he's bad attitude because of his time at Anderlet. we've not seen anything like that at all and if anything i think we may what for fans may have been like a bit wary of him when he came into the team but my god i'm so thankful we've got wesley hoot in our defense because he has improved it massively and i think we're seeing glimpses of why southampton paid 15 million pounds for him when he was in the premier league and i know we've got southampton next weekend and we'll do a preview with southampton and it'd be interesting to get their thoughts on wesley hoot because that would be completely different to how Watford fans feel about him um just quickly before we um, go into talking about the final result for Watford, who's got the better goal, 
Wesley Hoot away at Hull City or Ismail Assar away at West Brom? Joe? Uh, I'm going to say Wesley Hoot. Controversial. No. Katie? I'm going to say Hoot as well. Just because yeah. just because we love him, cause... just because we love him more. I mean, that's the that's, that's the that's the thing. It's nothing against Sars strike. It was amazing, but just at the moment, just for what Hoot's doing for this team, what he's how we're all you know how we're all feeling about him is is Wesley Hoot. But just quickly before we move over, you know, we're obviously talking about performances from Hoot, Kembe, people like that. It's really noticeable that they are better than they were last year. And it's because of stability. It's because there's a manager that's been there long enough to implement um, implement what he wants, what he wants to bring to the team. And the players are, um, the players are vibing off that. And you can see that with a manager that's been in for a long period of time and us not changing managers, that it's bringing out the best of these players. And I think yeah. had we had someone like that last season, we may have seen that. But because we change managers so frequently, we weren't seeing that last season. And it was obviously probably frustrating for them. But now they've got a manager that cares, that's obviously bringing discipline, that's bringing togetherness. You know, all the fans are connected to the team again. It's all just it, like um, like it was mentioned by um, uh, John Pazzo, the um, uh, 2012-13 vibes. 100%, you know, the celebrations at the end it showed in the chat yesterday, didn't I? Livermore all over Hamer, um, Bay all over, um, Rivic all over the back of Bay for the goal, you know, just happy faces. Just reminds me of seeing like Pudu on the back of Forestieri or Vidra and, and things like that, you know, just it's, it's a real happy vibe at the moment. And it's really like exciting watching Watford at the moment, isn't it? Let's be honest. 100%. And like you say, it's down to stability at the club. Um, Alan Leffwell said it early. He said the team is benefiting from stability at the club right now. And I'm just going to bring up the next slide. Watford have collected 18 points in the last nine matches. And I think this was straight after we gave Val, Val a new contract. So the players know, OK, we're putting all our eggs in one basket with Val. We're trusting him. We like what he's done. And now we're seeing the rewards for it. I'm not saying we're going to get promoted this season. But what I'm seeing is a change of culture. I'm seeing a team that's benefiting from having stability. And we're seeing the rewards for it now. Like we went 295 days without getting an away win. We picked up two away wins now in, in about five weeks. Like it, it, It's so much more enjoyable for away fans to go to, like Katie, trekking up and down the country. Her, her train's got cancelled all on, on the way back and she had to her boyfriend's dad had to come pick her up but she wouldn't swap that still from seeing Watford win away like they're so hard to come by to, to pick up and it is all down to stability isn't it Katie yeah there even now there hasn't been a period obviously I want to I want to watch Watford even if we're losing of course I'm going to watch Watford even if we're the worst we've ever been I'm still going to watch but I actually want to go to games now. I actually am looking forward to going to games because I'm looking forward to the, how we're going to play. I, I enjoy the football that we play. It's it's attacking, it's exciting, it's new, it's different. It's not this Watford that we've known for the last couple of seasons where, you know, we scrape those lucky 1-0 or, you know, 2-1 wins. Like we're actually playing well. And I was even saying to my dad earlier, I was like, I'm tempted to even come home for the Southampton and the Ipswich game because I actually want to I actually want to watch and I, I'm excited yeah. by what I see. And, you know, like we've said, the players are so likeable. Everyone at the club right now is so likeable. There's generally no one who I think, yeah, you're ruining this for everyone. You're a bad egg. Like every single person in that team genuinely tries and cares about the club and you know it, it's obvious the the, res, the results and the points we've picked up have reflected that yeah and I, I really like the comment that you've just said as well about how the players are likeable joe i actually think the players like each other as well and that's a massive um, yeah. um thing as well because we've looked at this team lately 
the last couple of seasons and you can tell there's maybe a bit of friction between certain players in between the squad and that and they don't seem on the same page but these players seem to be rolling up their sleeves together they know they know what they have to do and it, it's so refreshing to see yeah 100% you can tell that like you say every everyone's playing for one another um, everyone loves one another there's no bad blood within the team you don't hear of anything, you know, like when we were hearing things on Twitter about things that went on in training or yeah. people that were just like falling out with so-and-so, this happened, an argument happened here. And, um, you, you know, it's just none of that. It's just, you just hear of hard work, um, the rewards of being, um, we're getting the reward from the performances now. And, and hopefully from this now, like, you know, you said, Katie, Southampton, Ipswich coming up now, two big home games against teams that are above us. And, you know, it was kind of touched on, on the, with the interview yesterday about, uh, with Val, he was, they asked him about um, where, when we were going to get that Premier League um, reward again and, and be in the, in the mix for promotion. And Val kind of played it down yesterday a little bit. He kind of didn't jump in and say, you know, we won it. He just said, you know, take each game, game by game. But if, you know, if we can get four points out of these next two games, we've got the fourth best home record in the championship. So it's going to be hard for these two teams coming. I mean, people will look at it and go Southampton are above us, Ipswich are above us. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as what people think. And I do think that that midfield... He's going to play a big part, and I do think it's going to be a big two games. And I, I, I genuinely believe that at the very least we'll come out with four points out of it. Yeah, and a quote I really liked from Val yesterday as well in his news conference was, we're ready tactically, we're ready physically, we're ready technically, but most important thing is we're ready mentally. And and that's what we've seen this season, isn't it, um, Katie? It's the mindset of the players. And, and, to, and we've actually seen that in the last two games. The mentality of this squad is so strong. It actually like makes me quite emotional thinking about how far this <laughs> squad has come from. Like, like yes. not even not even like genuinely. I actually do because there was a point like um, I don't remember when like like a few seasons ago when it was like really low, and I literally like I remember like crying after games, thinking this squad is so bad. Like, I do not want to watch games. I do not like this team. I do not like any of the players, and the fact that. We're now the opposite of that. Like, we're so, like Val has said, men mentally strong, physically strong. Like, they are doing so well. I didn't even think we would have um, picked up points against Norwich and Hull. Like, I thought going into this period, we were getting zero points. Like, yes, okay, we lost to Leicester, whatever, fine. But these two games, we've, we've picked up six points. Like, I would not have thought that. And going into Southampton and Ipswich, yeah, they are really, really tough. But I don't feel as nervous. I don't feel like we're going to go in and get nothing. I think we will definitely, and even if we don't win, because I don't think we can sit here and say, yeah, we're going to beat them both. I mean, it would be great to, and we should go in with that mindset of trying to, because I think, like, you know, Southampton, maybe we could get a win. Ipswich, maybe a draw. I'm, I don't know. But I just think... I know that the players will be going in with the winning mindset. I know that they will go in to those games wanting to win. I know they're going to try their best, regardless of the outcome. I know that it's going to be an interesting game. I know that they're going to try. And that's all we can ask of them. No, definitely. That's all we want from our team, isn't it? And I'm not expecting it to be rosy for the rest of the season. There is going to be bumps in the road, isn't there, Joe? But we're fully on board with the rebuild that we've seen at this club and but they shipped out so many players in the summer and it was much needed. There was loads of bad eggs and attitudes that we need to get rid of and stale players. And we've we've done that all in one window. But now it, with January approaching, it's about adding players into certain areas. And I don't think it needs a massive overhaul again. I think it just needs one or two quality upgraded players onto what we've got already. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I said in our... In our um in our chat this morning, I think it was, or last night, that if we can get a solid striker that's going to, we, you know, that someone from somewhere that we know is going to bang in a few goals more than what we're getting up top at the moment. Listen, I'm not saying for one minute, you know, Ryovic has obviously scored seven goals for us. 
he is putting in a shift and he is trying. But you know, like how I don't know how Cameron Archer went to Middlesbrough in January last year, didn't he? And he he managed to bang in I can't remember like ten or twelve goals between then and the end of the season. If we can get yeah. someone there, I did all, after the links with um, with United and Palestri. If we can get someone like that, that's just got that bit bit of quality that's like really good that can take us up a gear. And again, I'm not for one minute saying that Ken Semmer doesn't deserve to be on that left hand side. But if someone like Palestri could come in with the team that we've got and we've got a better striker, I do believe that, like you say, with one or two additions, it doesn't need to be a massive overhaul in this window. Yeah. And I hope that we, we don't try and look to get like four or five players in to try and add to the squad. Get those two players in those positions. I, I do believe we're going we're gonna to be a strong contender now for me, for the, for the playoffs. We've, and, it, and it's not that... You know, when we were at the beginning of this season, we all sat on this podcast and we all said that we were kind of a little bit sceptical about some of the players that came in and worried about where we were going to finish and how it was going to end. But now, with what we're seeing, with what Val's implementing and the players that we've got, I do believe with that togetherness and with the fans on board and everything clicking, that it's just going to be that we're all in it and we're just going to hope and we'll get there because we've got that character and we've got that stability now. I don't think it's going to be because we've got the best team in the league. It's, it's going to be based on that togetherness and the fact that the fans are going to carry them through games where, you know, for example, like next weekend, well, even like Norwich the other night, the fans fully got on board. Once we were two, two, back to 2-2, two, two, those fans got on board, didn't they? And they kind of carried the players over the over the, the kind of final 20 minutes uh, on Tuesday. So we're going to have a lot of games like that, but I'm here for it and I can't wait for the rest of the season. I oh, know, it's given us that buzz. We've all got excited, haven't we? It's grabbed us and we're, we're fully invested now. And um, what I do want to see though from the fans is I want to see more songs for these players as well. And I know we had one yesterday, didn't we? Super Ben Hamer in goal, um, which I absolutely loved. Um, but we need to see more of it. I think um, WD18 alluded to it yesterday. I think Val needs a song. I think we need to show him our support as well. Uh, and if we can give more songs to players that are performing week in, week out, that's only going to help build that relationship and that bond. Um, so I hope we can um, get our thinking caps on and we can come up with a few songs. Um, but we've just talked about the January transfer window. Something else that's going to happen in January is the FA Cup third round. And it was, it was drawn today at one o'clock and Watford were drawn against Chesterfield or Leighton Orient. Um, Chesterfield played Leighton Orient at two o'clock and Chesterfield came out on one nil winners over League One side Leighton Orient. Um, so there will be a third round tie at Vicarage Road. It will be Watford's only game at home in January because obviously we had to swap our um, opening league game with QPR. Um, so we're away to QPR now. So if you want to get down to Vickery Drive to see some action in January, it will only be in the FA Cup. Um, but Chesterfield, they're going strong in the National League. They're eight points clear at the top of the table with two games in hand. So they are dominating that league as well. So it's I, I know we're saying we're playing non-league Chesterfield, but don't underestimate them, especially when they're going to bring down all their fans. They'll probably sell out that away end. They're going to be in full voice and they're on they're winning week in week out so they're going to want to carry on that momentum um but katie what was your thoughts on the fa cup tie was you kind of hoping for a home game or did you want a, an away game to be fair i i like the home games and i'm going to be back at home for christmas so i'll be able to go to it but i wouldn't have mind an away game either um i feel like it's going to be tough regardless people always think that these draws are like easy draws but actually sometimes they're even harder than the prem ones that you get because they'll be up for it they'll have like you said all their fans there it's it's going to be tough for us and I, i'm sure we'll probably play um a second team maybe see some youth as well um and part of me was like oh i really want to do an fa cup run this this season but if we're also now how i see how we're performing in the league and like that is kind of something that i want it to be our main focus i don't want us to drop off from doing so well in the league because we're focused on the FA Cup. So I'm not that fussed about it. Obviously, it's nice to have a home game in January, but it will be good regardless. And I think it's yeah. a it will be a, an interesting game. 
Yeah, I think it's a great tie to have for Watford if, if you want to go further in a competition, but just don't underestimate Chesterfield. I think that's the main key, isn't it? Don't underestimate them. Go there with a game plan and you, you, you have to you have to work to it and stick to it and, and, and get the get the win. But I think it's a good opportunity for Watford to progress into the fourth round. Joe, what did you think of the, the draw? It's an intriguing one, you know, because um Chesterfield, I watched them in their first round tie against uh, Portsmouth. Um, they were really good that day. Obviously, Portsmouth, that was Portsmouth's first defeat in uh, in 90 minutes since February at that point. So, you know, did really well that day. Obviously, another uh, another team that's uh, Orient are in, um, in League One, aren't they? So, that's another League One uh, team that they've knocked out. So, it's a, it's a really intriguing tie. Obviously, it's going to be a free hit for them. They've only lost, I think, uh, once in about 15 or 16 games, I think it is, in, in the National League. Um, and that was uh, a 2-1 away defeat recently. I think it was South End they lost to. Um, so, yeah, they're going great guns. Um, I kind of expect, like Katie said, I expect it to be a bit of a mixture. It'd be nice to see a couple of people like... Um, uh, a couple of the youngsters coming. I'm just trying to think. Uh, Greaves, uh, it'd be nice to see him maybe come into midfield, get a bit of a chance. Um, can't really think of too many others at the moment, but yeah, I mean, it'd be it. It will be the usual. There'll be a bit of a, a mixture of first teamers and and people that are on the fringes of, of the first team that will all come in, and hopefully whoever does come in puts in a shift and. Um, it, it's enough to see us through. But I do think we'll progress. But by no means, I, I don't think it's going to be easy at all. Especially, like you say, if they sell out that away and they're going to be in full voice, it'll be hard. Yeah, because there won't be any atmosphere in the Watford then, will it? We, we, we know what it's like. FA Cup round, third round, Vickers <laughs> Road's pretty much empty. Uh, so I think, yeah, all, all the noise is going to be coming from the Chesterfield end. And if, if anyone here is watching and knows the Chesterfield podcast, Please hit um, send us their link so we can get in touch with them for a um, preview of, of the opposition view. Because, um, yeah, we haven't really touched base in the National League before. So maybe we could ask Luton. I know they was down there a couple of years ago, weren't they? So, um, yeah. <laughs> just, just, yeah, one no. thing to, just one thing to mention. I've heard that a lot of fans, obviously, with that being the only home game in January, there might be GT Day. Um, because, obviously, we usually have that in January, don't we? So hope, what I'm hoping for is that the club maybe put out really cheap, cheap ticket prices, maybe do a deal for adult and kids and, and, and stuff to try and get as many people in there as possible because obviously it's a, it's an important day for the club um, and uh, the history of the club. So I'm hoping, yeah, if they can if they can announce some cheap tickets that a lot of fans will, will turn up and it will still be as uh, as memorable as um, as some of the other days that we've done for him. No, that, that's a great shout, mate. Hopefully they do and they're listening to this. But, yeah, even something like, could you rather fill the Vic with, by giving out cheap tickets? Because the people that are coming through, they're going to be buying food and drink whilst they're inside the stadium. So that's where they're going to be able to make the money back. So even if they did, like, back in our day, weren't it? It was um, kids for a quid, wasn't it? Bring that back again, and, and like maybe five pound adult tickets. Fill that vicarage road out. Um, I think it's just a great way of getting people behind um, the team. You might even attract new supporters as well with yeah. those prices as well. So, yeah, why not? Well, look at Black. Normally cheap Blackburn. anyway. Look at look at Black. Sorry, Casey's going. Look what Blackburn have, have done for their game. The game with us just before Christmas. Eleven pound for an adult ticket. You know they, they're trying to they're trying to um, get as much of the community. Obviously, with it being close to Christmas, um, they're they're trying to do a good thing to try and pack out the ground. So yeah, fair fair play to them. And they've not only done it for home fans; they've done it for away fans as well. So yeah, I mean, hope it'd be good just for for clubs to do more stuff like this because you know it is hard in the championship, isn't it? You know, it is ticket because there's no price cap people kind of have a license to do what they want with prices but hopefully with um with with stuff like i mean hole was 20 pound for an adult yesterday i believe katie was i know you don't pay that but i think it was 20 quid i think preston's yeah. 20 quid in a couple of weeks blackburn is cheap you know let's, let's just start trying to pack these grounds out rather than seeing half empty grounds and 
very little atmospheres on on cold Saturday afternoons. Yeah, no, I echo everything you say there, and I think it's it's the right way to do it, isn't it? It's the third round FA Cup. We we all love the FA Cup, it's so traditional, and I want to see more bums on seats. Um, for these games because you do get to see half empty stadiums now so if Watford can do their bit do lower prices especially cost of living as well there might be families out there who would love to take their their children to to go watch Watford but can't actually afford to to do it so I, I hope they, they they can do something because it'll be great to see and hopefully get new supporters on board as well because at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're the fans who are going to be there for the rest of our lives. Owners come and go, but supporters are going to be there from yeah, from birth to, to death, aren't they? So, and if we can recruit new supporters as well, I think it's, it's going to be great to continue that legacy. But um, yeah, that, that was our thoughts on the um, FA Cup third round tie with Chesterfield Town, in, um, Chesterfield anyway. Um, but we will probably be back midweek for a preview for the Southampton game. I do need to double check with Mike. Um, but like I said earlier, he is stateside at the moment um, in New York. So I don't actually know if he's organised anything for Southampton. If he hasn't, I will sort something out and we'll be back during the week for a preview. But thank you, everyone, for watching tonight. Really do appreciate it. We have good numbers watching. Um, so if, if you've liked the video, hit that like button and also hit that subscribe button as well. We've picked up a few more subscribers in the last couple of days as well. And it's it has been helped by Katie's putting out that match day vlog as well. We've had a few more after that. So hopefully more of those going forward, Katie. Um, but yeah, thank yeah. you everyone. And we will be back soon. Um, we've got, we're actually recording our Christmas special next Sunday as well. Um, it's going to be put out just before Christmas, but we're all really looking forward to it. And as you can see behind my shoulder, I've got my Christmas tree up in preparation for it already. Yeah. And my new Watford Christmas jump has arrived as well, which I'm absolutely buzzing about it. It's a complete belter. Um, but yeah, thank you for watching tonight, everyone. Um, um, and we'll be back soon. So come on, you Orns. Sports Social Podcast Network.